Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. with the carpet uh, and uh, some other things that we've done. But I will tell you, unless God moves in the house, none of it matters. Amen? Unless God moves in the house, none of it matters. And we're glad that you're here. I want you to know that you being here is not an accident. You're precious to God. Amen? Every one of you, you're precious to God. Now, I also know, I also know that there's a lot of pain in this room. A lot of hurt, a lot of sorrow. You know, as a pastor, sometimes I see things that I don't want to see. And I see on your face because you're trying to, you know, give that good face like I'm here and I don't want anybody to see it, but I can see the pain and the hurt. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but the Lord has prompted me. I can see the hurt. I can see the sorrow. I can see the pain that you're going through. And I'm going to let you know something, and you're not going to believe me at first, but I want you to hear me. And you don't, some of you don't know me, some of you do. I want to tell you very emphatically that you don't have to carry that pain anymore. You don't have to carry it anymore. Now, some of you are carrying pain for a specific reason because of something that happened in your life. But just because you let go of the pain doesn't mean you let go of what happened in your life in the sense that if someone passed or, or you don't want to forget that. I mean, those things are important. We remember the people who passed, right? We honor them. But it, just because you let go of the pain doesn't mean that you're not going to miss that person. But sometimes we carry around pain that we don't need to carry around anymore. God offers freedom this morning. God offers freedom this morning from pain, shame, and guilt. God offers a new life and a new creation to all those who would just believe in Him. He is is coming to you and say, it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. We need to move on with our lives. Amen. It doesn't mean that we're dishonoring our past. It doesn't mean that we're, we're dishonoring the people that have left us or the people that have hurt us. But what it means is that we're going to live. Amen. We're going to live a life more abundantly. We're going to live a life of victory. Amen. And that's what I want to share with you this morning on this Easter morning. It is time for the people of Juno to rise up out of their grave like Jesus did. Amen. It is time for the people of Juno to rise up. Amen. Rise up and be the people that he wants you to be. Amen. There is nowhere in scripture that he tells you to be sad all the time. There is nowhere in scripture that he tells you that we must walk around in sorrow. Everywhere I in scripture that I read, he says in Romans, we are more than conquerors. Amen. He says we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. He also said, eye has not seen nor ear has heard that which he has in store for us. Brothers and sisters, it is time for Juno. It is time for us. It is time for the people of God and those that need to be the people of God to rise up, let go, and become what he wants you to be. Amen? But you got to let it go. you got to let it go. And the only way, the only way you're going to let it go is to give it to Jesus. 
That's it, man. I'm telling you, you can go to all the counseling and therapy you want to, and I'm not knocking any of that because there's sometimes we need that. Amen. Sometimes we need to talk to somebody, but I'm going to tell you the only true healing comes from Jesus. The only true healing comes from my master. The only true healing comes from the one who died on the cross and rose the third day. He is the healer this morning of your soul. He's the healer of your body. He's the healer of your mind. He's the healer of your heart. He's the healer of your spirit. He is the healer this morning. Praise God. Jesus himself spoke these words. John chapter 14, 5. It's been our 14, 6. It's been our text this month. Jesus said to them, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm kind of changing a little bit because I'm trying to make an emphasis. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, if you're on the internet long enough, there's going to be a lot of people trying to tell you how to get to heaven. You need to shut that stuff off. Okay? You need to shut that stuff off. Because the only way to God, the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Amen? That's the only way to heaven is through Jesus. And like it says in Galatians, anybody that preaches a different message than that is accursed. Amen? I'm going to tell you today that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Forget about what you've heard from other preachers, from other soothsayers, from other people who think they know. They don't know a thing because only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It is only Jesus. This is nobody else. I can't get you there. I can't. I can't get you there. I, you know, the only way I can get there is through Jesus. Amen. We have to do it together. And Jesus is reaching out to you today. He said, come to me. Come to me. More importantly, he's saying, come home. Come home. Come home, man. Listen, you don't need to be wandering out there by yourself thinking that you're okay. You're about to be picked off by the enemy. Jesus says, come home. See, a lot of churches, when you walk in the door of things that you've done, they reject you. They don't want you in there because you kind of bring them a bad image. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, man, we want you here. Amen. We love a bad image. Amen. We don't care about those things. It's like I said this morning, I don't care if you confuse what gender you are. We still want you here. Listen, God will straighten all that out. I don't have to tell you that. God will straighten your sins out. God will fix you. I don't have to worry about this thing. I'm still going to preach the message of Jesus. Amen. But let God do his thing. Amen. Listen, we want you here because there is a peace in Jesus. Amen. There is a peace in Jesus. Whatever you've been through, whatever you're hurt, whatever you're dealing with, there is an answer. His name is Jesus this morning. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is here for you this morning. If you've been hurt, he's here for you this morning. If you've been rejected, he's here for you this morning. If you've been abused, he's here for you this morning. There is no one that can be there for you the way Jesus can. He loves you with a love that no one else can do. He loves you with a love greater than your own mother. He loves you. He loves you. You see, we have a sin problem. Okay, it's about to get real, okay? I want you to take your toes. I want you to kind of curl them up a little bit because I'm going to step on them a little bit, okay? All right? Just kind of, you know, in your shoes, you might have to take your shoes off. If, you, if, they, if your feet stink, put your shoes back on. Okay, all right, 
I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just being a little courteous to your neighbor, okay? If I see your neighbor passed out, I know what happened. Amen? <laughs> but you take your toes and kind of curl them in a little bit because I'm going to step on them a little. So I'm always giving you warning, okay? But brothers and sisters, we got a sin problem. Romans 5.12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all, look, your, look at your neighbor and say all. Look at him and say, that means you. Look at your other neighbor and say, that means you. Look at your other, other neighbor and say, pastor's handsome. Thank you, honey. See, my babe's got me. You're looking cute today, too, honey. I can say that we're married. If we weren't married, that'd be awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> but we are. Listen, we have a sin problem. Everybody in this room has sinned. No, I haven't. Have you told a lie? I guarantee you, husbands have told a lie. When your wife comes to you and says, does this dress make me look fat? No. You're beautiful, honey. Now, my wife's never done that. I'm just trying to say that that's what we do, right? Or how does the food taste? Wonderful. <laughs> Women, you lie too, right? Don't I, don't I don't look like I'm losing weight? Oh, yes, honey, you look wonderful. Right? We lie sometimes because we, like, we, call them, we call them white lies. But come on, they're still lies, right? We're still lies, amen? We try, to, we try to, you know, make it look pretty and wrap it up in a little bow. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, and I understand that, but there's still lies, amen? You know, maybe, maybe we haven't committed murder, but we've broken the Ten Commandments, every one of us, because we were born into sin. But people say, they say, to this all, they say this to me all the time. They say, but I'm a good person. I give to orphans. I go past the hospital at 60 miles an hour and I reach out my hand and say, bless them, Lord. When the, hospital, when the ambulance goes by, I say, bless them, Lord. I am a good person. See, the Bible has an answer for that too. Romans 3.23. I'm going to use this word again, all. You know what all means? It's a Greek word. You know what it means? It means all. I just taught you Greek today, didn't I? Don't ever go to church say you didn't learn something, okay? It's a Greek word. It means all. <laughs> all right? And he says this. For, say it with me, all. That means everybody. Everybody. Okay? If you are everybody, raise your hand. Some of you are not everybody. Okay, you are. <laughs> that's, the, that's not me, pastor. Uh-huh. I know when my kids were small and they, were, they did something wrong. Did you do that? No. <laughs> yes, you did. No. no. Yeah, you did. Right? He says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. See, I want you to understand this morning that God is holy. You know what holy means? It means pure. It means glorious. It means righteous. It means something that we cannot attain. We cannot even get close to his holiness because we are a bunch of sinners. See, in today's world, we like to say things that we're not. You know, I told somebody the other day that I identify as a billionaire. 
I went into the bank and I said, I identify as a billionaire. And would you believe they did not identify with me? I said, but I identify. I claim it. See, some churches will tell you if you claim it, then you must be it. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Amen. We are all falling short of the glory of God. We cannot justify our way into heaven because we have, do not have the ability to justify ourselves. There is only one person who can justify, and that is Jesus. Amen? Only Jesus can justify. Not, the God of Muhammad is not our God. I want you to know that this morning. Buddha can't justify you. Uh, Muhammad can't justify you. None of those guys can justify you. Only Jesus can justify this morning. But as hard as we try, we cannot meet the holiness of God. Go to Psalms chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. David wrote this. The Lord looks down from heaven and upon the children of men. That's us, by the way. To see if there are any who understands, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. See, Paul talked about this in Romans chapter 7. He, he, he gives this analogy. He says, I want to do good. I want to do the right thing. But every time I go to do the right thing, I do the wrong thing. Every time I, I want to do right and every time I want to be righteous, I end up failing. And that's where some of you are today. You've tried to come to church. You've tried to do the right thing. You've tried to live a holy life and you fail and you fail and you fail and you fail again. And the only reason we fail is because we're trying to do it on our own and we can't do that. Only Jesus can get you there, okay? Only Jesus can make you righteous. Only Jesus through his grace can make you holy because we can not attain the righteousness of God. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross. Amen? See, Adam fell, sin into the world, and brought a curse with it. The curse is death. See, before Adam, they didn't die. But when Adam fell, Adam and Eve fell, death entered the world. And there's not just a physical death, there's a spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. Separation from God. Separation from God. Now see, right now in the world, you come into church and you feel God and you like that feeling because it kind of gets your, you know, your arms or your hair on your arms and your heart flowing. You're like, hey, I feel something. I feel something. But when you die spiritually and you go down to hell, God is not a part of that. Amen. I mean, the Bible does say, though I make my bed in hell, you are there. But his presence, his spirit is not there. And when the presence and spirit of God is not there, you can't feel him. And it's, that's what the torture is. That's where the torture comes in. It's not the fire. It's the, it's the thought of being without God, without ever there being a chance of ever being with God ever again. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, we have a sin problem, but the only one who gave us a way out of it is Jesus this morning. Romans chapter 5, verses 18 and 19, there had to be a sacrifice. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, praise God, through one man's righteous act, a free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, Many will be made righteous. See, 
The sacrifice was planned from the beginning of time. See, God knew that Adam and Eve was going to mess up. Did you know that? He knew. And see, I don't know about you, but I take a little comfort in that. The guy knew that I was going to mess up. God knew. He knew that I was going to make some mistakes. He knew that I was going to go down the wrong path sometimes. He knew that I was going to make some bad decisions. See, some of you know about some decisions in my life, and some of you don't. If some of you knew everything that I've done in my life, you'd be shocked. You'd be like, Pastor, how can you actually be on that stage? Listen, it's only by the grace of God that I'm here, amen? Because he bought me, he saved me, he sanctified me, he filled me with his Holy Ghost, amen? Listen, when Jesus comes into your life, he cleanses you, he restores you. He does all those things that he needs to do. But he knew from the beginning of the world that I was going to mess up. He knew Adam and Eve was going to mess up. He knew you were going to mess up. Some people don't serve God because they feel like, well, God, I failed you. And God's up there going, well, yeah, I know. I knew. I knew you were going to do that. But guess what? I'm reaching out my hand, my, my nail-printed hand. And I'm reaching out to you right now and say, come on home. We can fix this together. Amen. We can enrich your life together. You're never too far for God. Amen. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't care, ladies, if you've had an abortion. I told you it's going to get real. All right? Don't get mad at me. I don't care if you've had an abortion. I mean, I care about what happened. I care about your hurt. But let's talk about what God can do through healing. Amen? Listen, men, I don't care if you've had a homosexual relationship. I care about God restoring you. I don't care if you beat your kids. I care about God restoring you. I don't care if you've committed a crime. I don't care if you've done all those things. It doesn't mean I don't care in the sense that I don't care about you or the victim. What I mean is that doesn't keep me from a relationship with you. And it doesn't keep God from a relationship with you. Amen? Because God cares about you. And when you come, praise God, when you come to the Lord and you ask forgiveness of your sins, the Bible talks about how he cast those sins into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers no more. Man, I tell you what, you ever been around people? The first thing they talk about you is, hey, remember when you were an idiot? Yeah, don't, well, they don't say the word idiot, but they say other stuff. Hey, remember when you stole that money? Or remember when you committed that crime and they bring up all the bad stuff you've ever done. This morning, that happened to me. I felt led to go downstairs and there was a donut there. Come on, I'm confessing. I'm not supposed to have donuts. My wife gave me strict instructions. You do not have a donut. But the donut called me. The donut said, and it was rat, it was, it was rat, don't get, where's Richard? Don't buy those anymore. The raspberry ones, okay? Because it's your fault, brother. We blame people, right? And so I grabbed that donut, and it's like my hand lost control, and I grabbed it. I'm, I'm a victim here. I grabbed the donut and it went to my mouth and I was crying, no, 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 get thee behind me, Satan. And I ate that donut 
And I, I struggled a little bit because I, I was feeling guilty. Then as soon as I ate it, I asked the Lord's forgiveness, so I was good. So I was, <laughs> now I know it can kill me, but come on, let's just go with it. So I'm coming upstairs and I'm still eating the donut. And, and I'm not going to say who saw me, but when my daughter saw me, she's a rat. Okay, she'll, she'll rat me out. And my wife's back was turned toward me, so she didn't see it. So I thought I was in the clear. So I'm eating the donut. My wife's talking to Sarah. They're having a conversation. I'm eating the donut, saying, praise God, I got a donut in my mouth. And my daughter goes, Dad, what you got in your mouth? I thought about things that I could do to her later. Dad, what you got in your mouth? I see it. And she's trying to get my wife to turn around. But my wife actually has eyes in the back of her head. You, you have to put her hair and she, you can see them. And so she looked at me and she turned around and she didn't have to say anything. She gave me the look of disappointment <laughs> and guilt. And I immediately took the donut and I finished it. And I said, never again. It was raspberry filling. Come on. Who understands what I'm talking about? The temptation of raspberry donuts, right? All right. Don't do that again, Richard. Okay. It's Richard's fault. Blame him, Jenny. Okay. All right. <laughs> See, sometimes because we love to sin. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. I, I'm going to be real with you. Sin is fun sometimes, right? You're in the, you're in the bar. You're drinking. Woo! having fun and you walk out of the bar and you go home okay i'm gonna get more real maybe you wake up by somebody you don't even know who they are or maybe maybe you get pulled over by the cops see sin is fun at first but when you wake up from that sin it's awful there's guilt and there's shame and then you feel like you can't come to god because maybe maybe you feel like god's giving you a disappointed look like i'm so disappointed in you Oh man, it's so much different. God's looking at you and say, son, daughter, I love you. I don't want you to do that because that's going to hurt you. That's going to bring you pain. That's going to cause you to feel something that you don't need to feel. I don't want you to hurt yourself. I don't want you to hurt your children. I don't want you to do that. I want you to come back to me. I'm not telling you to stay away from that stuff because it's not that I don't want you to have fun. I just want you to have the right kind of fun where you don't feel guilty in the morning, where you don't feel like that you've disappointed somebody or you hurt your children. I want you to have fun in me, amen? And I'm telling you, well, you're gonna, yesterday we went on a hike and we had so much fun on the hike. We, we joked with each other. We laughed and we cut up. We had the best time and there was no drinking involved. Amen? Now, there might have been some words under people's breath as we were walking. But no, I'm just kidding. There wasn't that. But man, we had a lot of fun. We enjoyed one another. We teased each other. We joked around. See, having fun in a community of believers is where it's at. And the Lord is calling you. He says, you don't have to sin. I'm not going to look at you like you're terrible. I'm not going to reject you. Amen? Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Man, the Lord is calling right now. He's saying, come to me. Come to me. But he knew before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I want to stop right there for a moment. I want everybody to hear me. Are you hearing me? He chose you. He picked you. Well, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty special right now. I'm the guy that always get packed last on the, on the basketball teams. They say, let's, let's pick the short white kid last. I mean, I had at least a two-inch vertical leap. I could dunk on a four-foot rim. Okay, three feet. But anyway, I was always picked last. I was never accepted by my peers. But the Lord himself, the God of all heaven, picked me. And if he picked me, I promise you, he's picked you. Amen. He chose you this morning. He chose you this morning. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I'm an alcoholic and I do drugs. Don't care. He chose you. No, no, pastor, you don't understand. I, 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 I did some things wrong and, and I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm no good. Yeah, you're right. You are no good. That's why he still picks you. Amen. You can be the worst person in the world. He still chose you. Praise God. He chose you. Okay, I got to quit preaching and start preaching. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that means before any of this creation happened, he chose you. I can't can't help it. I got to stop there. Before the Lord created the world, we were already on his mind. Come on now. Before... God says, separate the light and the darkness. He already thought about Caden. Before the Lord told the land and the water to separate, he was already thinking about Bobby. He was thinking about Bobby's life and Helen and Randy and everybody this here. He was thinking about your life. And he was thinking about, oh, I can't wait when they get to heaven and we'll embrace each other. I want them to choose me, but not everybody will choose him. Some of you will walk out this door today and not choose him. And I implore you, I beg you, I I implore you with everything that's in me, choose Jesus today. And choosing Jesus today is not a one-time thing when you get up and you shed a few tears. No, it's a lifetime commitment. Will you come to church? It doesn't have to be this church. You just come to church, amen? And you say, I want to be in his world. I want to be with Jesus. And he becomes a part of your life, amen? Your toes curled yet? Because I'm about to hit him again. I warned you, right? Can't get mad at me if I warned you. Some of you are afraid because you're afraid of giving up the life you have. I'm going to ask you just a real question. Let's just get real. How's that life working for you so far? How's that life working for you? If it's not, maybe you need to make a change. See, I know a guy. I know a guy who died for your sin. I know a guy who was raised on the third day. I know a guy who can turn your life around if you would let him. I know a guy that can change your heart, change the heart of everyone around you. I know a guy that can give you peace. I know a guy that can give you joy. I know a guy that can make your life more than what it is now, but you got to let go of what you have. Amen? You got to let go. You got to let go. 
The death on the cross undid the curse of sin. And then there was more. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Whew. See, Jesus rising from the dead became the final victory over death, hell, and the grave. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm getting hot. I'm going to take this off. that offend anybody? Good. Don't care. I'm hot. I mean, I'm hot, but I mean, hot. never mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 and 21. And now Christ is risen from the dead. See, there was a big discussion during this time period. People were saying that Jesus never rose from the dead. And Paul was arguing, yes, he rose from the dead. And has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, meaning who have died. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Praise God, I want you to know that death is not a final resting place for us who believe in Jesus. We are on our way to heaven. We are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Amen? We should not fear death. See, the death on the cross changed us spiritually, but the resurrection will change us physically. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? In other words, I'm not going to have this body much longer. Amen. Praise God. I need to lose some weight anyway. I'm not going to have this body much longer, but one day God's going to link to his son. He said, hey, go get my kids. And then the Lord's going to shout a trumpet, and then he's going to call me up. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and those which are alive and, ripe, alive and remain will rise. Amen. The Bible says I will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. That is actually a measurement of time, a unit of time. It's going to happen just like that. I'm going to be changed, and I'm going to be given a glorious body. Praise God, I can't wait to look how good I'm going to look. I mean, it's hard to improve on this, but I think God can do it. Amen? I heard very faint. <laughs> very faint. I believe there's somebody out there who really wanted to say amen, but they were afraid. You're going to be changed. How many wake up every morning with aches and pains? How many wake up every morning sound like your breakfast cereal, snap, crackle, and pop? Amen? How many of you go to put in your clothes and overnight your clothes shrunk from the dryer? Amen. How many of you, how many of you go to the doctor and the doctor looks at you and he starts lecturing on your health when he's sitting there bigger than you are? <laughs> how, how many of you, how many go to, <laughs> you guys have heard me say this, the doctor told me I was fat and I said, well, you're ugly and I can lose weight. Amen. Anyway. I hope my doctor never hears I say that. Because <laughs> he'll probably start, you know, giving me crazy pills. But listen, we're going to be a new creation, amen? All these pains, all these sorrows that we have, all these things that we think about in the middle of the night that we regret, all those things, they're going to pass away, amen? And it only happened because Christ rose from the dead. 
Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. He bounced out of that tomb and he, the stone rolled away and death held in the grave and said, oh no, we're in trouble, amen? And we're in trouble. And the Jesus stepped out and he went down and he preached to the people who were in Abraham's bosom and he preached to them and I'm not going to get into that right now. And he, t- he led a procession out of hell. He led a procession out of hell and he rose up and he went to heaven and he rose on the third day and because of that, we now will be changed. We'll be changed and we'll be reconciled to the Father. Amen. 15 verses 42 through 45 says this. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. You know what corruption means? It means it can, it can go away. Our body turns to dust. It's corruptible. It is raised in incorruption. Praise God. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised in a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. See, the death on the cross got rid of our sin. But the resurrection gets rid of our flesh. It changes us. We now have access to the throne. God is calling you today. He's calling you. Come home. Come home. In the story of the prodigal son, he was sitting there in the feeding the pigs. And only after he fed the pigs could he have what was left over. And he began to realize to himself, what am I doing? If you've ever been around pigs, there's not much left over. He realized, I've got to go back home. And he says, when I'm going to go back home, I'll just become a slave to my father. I'm not worthy to be called his son. And the Bible talks about how when How when the, when the dad saw the son coming, that he ran. He ran to the son. And he embraced him. And the son just goes, oh, dad, I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I, I've failed you. I've messed up. I've, I've done all these things. And the dad just looks at him and said, bring, bring my ring and put it on him. Bring him a robe. Let's kill the calf and celebrate. My son has come home. My son has come home. See, the Lord, man, I feel him so strong right now. Lord, I know there's distractions here. But Lord, I believe that you're speaking to someone right now. Lord, your presence on me is so strong, I just have to stop a moment and just worship you. Lord, I pray right now, God, that you will stop those distractions. Stop those distractions, God. 
And cause us, Lord, cause us to be in your presence. Everybody close your eyes with me. Close your eyes with me. The Lord is telling you right now, come home. Come home. I don't have to say anything right now because the Lord is already talking to you. He's already speaking to you. Forget about the distractions. Forget about who's here. Forget about who's not here. Think about the presence of the Lord. I want everybody to stand. Keep your eyes closed if you can. First Corinthians 15, verse 51, simply says this, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I want to tell you right now, not everybody in this room is going to be changed unless you accept the Lord in your life. I told you I'm going to step on some toes today, and I'm not, trying, I'm not saying these things to be mean. I, just, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Did you know... They did a study, and they said that in heaven, it's going to be so big, and I believe my numbers are right here, that everyone from the beginning of time until now could go to heaven, and everybody would have 700 acres to themselves, and everybody went. There's plenty of room up there. There's plenty of room. God prepared a place for everybody, but you got to choose him back. He chose you, but you got to choose him back. I'm getting a little blunt now. Okay? Do not walk out of here without choosing him and knowing in your heart right now, knowing in your heart right now. Don't leave here wandering. Make it right. Make it right. Don't leave here not knowing. Don't leave here justifying yourself. No, if you have to run to the altar and make it right with him, nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to look at you or laugh at you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that in heaven, when you give your heart to the Lord, that angels literally stop what they're doing and they cry and they laugh and they jump and they celebrate because a sinner came home. And if an angel does that, how much more should the church do that? I implore you, I urge you, be reconciled to God this morning. Quit justifying yourself. Don't make God replay this message back to you on the day of judgment. Because he will. I told you guys I was going to get a lot rough today, didn't I? Guess what? Don't care. Because lives are at stake. The end of the world is coming. Every day I open my internet, my, my computer, and I just, I'm waiting for someone to say, the end is here, because it feels like it every day. Amen? It is time to make it right with God. If you need to make it right with God right now, don't sit there in your seat. Come out of your seat right now. Come out of your seat right now. Come right here. Come right now in the name of Jesus. If you need to make it right with God, come. Come. Don't wait. Come. Come. Is there anybody else? Come over here, guys. I need my prayer team not here, please. Is there anybody else? Come. If that message was for you, come. You need to make it right with God.
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.